Welcome to this week's episode. I am Austin. This is Larry. What up? What's good? And um, I hope you really like our podcast. I think this is going to be a good one. You think? I mean, it's yeah, the first one. I it, hope it's a good one. It is the first one. It is the first one. But we're starting with a really good one. And okay. I think I want to start off with why we're doing this at all in the first place. Yeah. So, so first of all, Austin, as the host of the show, thank can you. you. Tell me a little bit about what we're doing here. What is this podcast? What's going on? Yeah. So, welcome to the Steig Machine. I guess. Yeah. Name that's out. A good name. That's name a good out. Name. Um, what even is this? This is going to be our hopefully weekly podcast about fingers crossed. yeah fingers crossed you know how it is um about the weekly torah portion or just the parsha mm. now why are we doing it at all it's a great question one mainly to stroke my ego always important a yes. top priority yes it's it's kind of like what i need yeah. um two and maybe more importantly debatable i want to be able to share the joys of Parsha in a way that is actually interesting. Because at least growing up, uh, when you learn like stuff in Judaism, in Torah, it can be dead ass boring as hell. Like super boring. And a I lot of the that. stuff, yeah, a lot of the stuff that is in uh, these Parshas, in this stuff, is actually mad interesting. And they don't ever tell you about it because it's all like, oh, it's a Midrash, it may not actually exist. We're not going to pretend to be experts here and don't quote anything I say is real because it might not be. <laughs> I, hey, learn from you us, know, <laughs> but also don't quote us at all. Yeah. Nothing we say will be real potential. Look, if you share it, just know it could be wrong. It's, just it's know, what I'm saying. I think the point is that just know that it's just two dudes learning yeah. about the Parsha and we're bringing like a younger millennial like sort of we're sort of in the weird like gray area yeah, like millennial are. gen z but like you know a younger like a bit more uh to the point yeah. more of a storytelling driven description of the weekly Torah portion yeah would, we're, I be, we're, would i be right in that yeah we're, we're gonna fuck around like talk some talk yeah we're also gonna we're also gonna fuck shit up this is an yeah, explicit yeah. explicit podcast oh, yeah like th that's i think kind of what we want to go for it's not going to be like a very dry i think Uncut, we're gonna have fun uncensored yeah. All the weird stuff, the 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 appropriate stuff, the inappropriate yes, stuff. A lot of that. A, a lot, lot of that. the weird inappropriate stuff that nobody talks about. Right. And um hopefully God is okay with that. Yeah. He, he is one who wrote it. Okay. Okay, cool. So now that that out of the way, we have a great parse this week, Chayasara. I know we missed the first couple, but that's okay. So wait, before before we actually like dig into yeah. Chayasara, yeah. can we get like a really quick like spark notes version? Of the first four, there was, this is the fifth of the year or the four? I think this is five. This is the fifth one? I think. Like, real quick, spark notes. Oh, boy. What happened right, so word, far? Word. So, God, mm -hmm. he's cool. Love it. He creates <laughs> the world in six days. And rests on the seventh Big day. time rest seven. Yes. Um. That The first part is wild, but... Mainly creates world, creates world with a garden in it, and then conveniently puts a tree in it called the tree of knowledge, but for good and evil, and says, don't touch it, even though he put it there. And uh, they, they adamantly they yeah, touch it. Yeah, yeah they, they eventually, well, actually they touch it. They don't eat from it, but they end up eating from it. They get kicked out of the garden. And within that same parsha still, they have two kids, Cain and Abel, and Cain 
just absolutely smokes Abel, kills the hell out of him. And now we have the second Parsha. Noah, Noah, you know all of it. Flood, big time. Um, big time. Like huge flood, kills everything. It's, it is how it is. Um, also in that Parsha, we learn that Noah is a little weird. A little bit. He's a little strange. Um, honestly, don't want to get into it. It's going to take that's forever. A, that's going to have to become when we go when we wrap around again. Yeah. We'll have to get to it. Yeah. Um, then I think is Lechacha, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, so then this is actually four. This is the fourth part. Shechai is four. Wasn't there Vayera? Oh, you're right. Vayera you're came right, after you're right. Lechacha. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So Lechacha, you know, Avraham smashes the idols, leaves town, like absolutely books it. Hangs Begin, out, begins yeah. the monotheistic yeah. version of Judaism. Basically. Yeah, he. I mean, cool dude. He's the G. He's the OG. We're still going to talk about him this week. I yeah, mean, he's he's, cool. gonna, he's still going to be around for a little bit. Yeah, only a little bit though. Spoiler. A little um, bit. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He's not alive today. Just letting you know. <laughs> um, uh, man. Now we reach, I guess, Viera, and like, that was cool. I guess uh, Abraham was going to kill Yitzchak, his son. Right. Like that was cool. You know, um, he didn't. Another spoiler. Uh, he's still alive and everything by, by this week's Parsha. And I guess now, and obviously we skipped over a lot there, but now we're here. That was a good sum though. Yeah. That was a good summary. Yeah. Cause we can't, we can't just start high. Sorry without talking about what yeah. happened. Before. I think that's like, and by the way, I think that's like 2000 years of history right there. About. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in like a minute. Yeah. That was great. Right. I thought that really, <laughs> and that, I thought that really covered it up. Right. So now, we're in this week's Parsha, Chayasara, and I guess just to jump into it. So Parsha right. starts off with sad news, big time sad. Uh, Sarah dies, and not only she does she die, it does say she's like top five hottest woman of all time. Really? So we lose an absolute smoke wow. in the world. It's kind of upsetting, actually. It's a damn shame. Yeah, but she's 127. Uh, and, and still a smoke yeah, and, a, and a smoke that's pretty and crazy absolute smoke and i do want to mention that it starts off with sarah dying and avraham coming back and being sad question being where was he why was he not there when she is in the midst of dying well crazy story bro this you want this is this is my first crazy story of the day all right crazy story number one all right so why is avraham not there when sarah is in essence, when she dies. Right. Midrash time. Apparently, Avraham was at uh, the Binding of Isaac, the Akedah, and I mean, he was right in the center of it. Yeah, you know? he was there. And at that exact moment, Satan comes to Sarah and says, yo, do you know what Avraham's about to do right now? And she's like, whoa, one, who are you? Two, what are you talking about? And Satan goes, He's about to absolutely murk Isaac. You know, to be honest, those two questions, who are you and what are you talking about? I think are the questions that anybody yeah. would have as if they saw literally Satan yeah. appear before them. Yeah. So, and yeah, so Satan's like, yeah, he's about to kill him. And Sarah's like, what? And dies. That's what I thought. That's what I learned. <laughs> yeah. What I learned is that as <laughs> soon as Sarah hears about the death, of or the supposed death of yeah, Isaac, yeah. she just dies instantly. Yeah, from grief. She, yeah, she's she's very upset. There yeah. is a, a, a another commentary that says that with her last breath, though, she was very happy that um, she was able to be around a very holy Abraham who fulfilled his destiny and Yitzchak who had done the same. 
Oh, that's don't know if I love but, that one. Yeah, but you know, you know, the other I, one is a little yeah. bit more interesting. Yeah, and also at this exact moment that Shara dies, Rifka is born. Ah. And it's supposed to tell you that whenever a holy person dies, we are always replaced. Right. So when Larry, when you eventually meet your end, Ugh. someone will take your place. You sodic. That's very comforting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when that could be. I mean, hopefully not soon, but you never know. You in these times, you really never know. Yeah. So um, I will, and, and just like and just like Sarah, I we too will lose a smoke. A oh smoke. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a true a true smoke. smoke all right well anyway sarah dies Abraham comes back he's really upset he has to bury her now and this is a wild story i don't even really want to like touch too much on this he goes to this dude named efron and efron is obviously not jewish he's from canaan at the time and efron basically plays him like a like an absolute fiddle he's mm. like yo by all means, bury her wherever, man. And Abraham's like, I want that cave. Maharaja Machpelah. And he's like, yeah, take it. And Abraham's like, no, I want to pay you for it because I want to like, I kind of want to own it. And everyone's uh, okay. like, yeah, man, like, that's cool. Why don't you take the land around the cave also? Like, it's there also. Go for it. And Abraham's like, all right, like, that's cool. And Efron's like, yeah, man, just toss me, like, a little bit, like, 400 silver shekels. No big deal, right? And it's like, whoa. All right, so whoa. a number of questions right <laughs> off the bat. How much is that worth? Yeah, so now? apparently someone said, I think we, like, saw that it was 600 grand or something like that. That, I don't know, that feels appropriate somewhat it, for all that land. It kind of does. I don't know, like, especially now, if you were to try, that, try to buy that land in right. Israel right now. Well, it, obviously, it's, it would go way more than yeah, that now. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe with inflation, it's a little bit more. Right. But that was also like, I mean, he did that to, because he felt it was like right. He wanted to pay him for all the land. Right, you know? right. But he kind of like, I think the idea is, Efron kind of cheats him because he was saying like, hey, just take it. Oh, but also pay me for it at the same time. Right, right. <clears throat> and um, it, ends up, it ends up going fine. It, it actually is the first legal purchase of land by a Jew in the land of Israel ever. <clears throat> Big start. Yeah. So <clears throat> for everyone that says it's like not legit, Torah legit equals land legit bought by Jews. <clears throat> You know, in case anybody needs to, <clears throat> right? In case right. anybody needed to, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, understand, just in case. understand just in that case. for any, I don't know, for some modern, potentially modern reason, I don't know. Yeah, you never, you never, nothing know. comes to mind. <clears throat> you never know um, when it could be in handy, you know. Yeah, you know. Well, this is, I think, like the first act <laughs> of the parsha. Mm. So, Act Two starts right after this, and Avraham's like, you know, old still. Now, how how old <clears throat> is he? So I think right now he's 175. 175. Okay. <clears throat> but I'm not I'm not totally sure. He might be 173, maybe 172. And Sarah when she died was 127. 127. Right. Because I think 3 years pass between Sarah dying and then this part of the parsha where Abraham says, "Yo, servant." And the servant is Eliezer. 
uh, go find my boy a wife. And um, there's a whole crazy story that involves this as well. And I want to talk about this because it's really weird. So Yitzchak at this point. <clears throat> he's like 30 something. He's 30. So, okay. 30 something. Yeah. So it's been a number of years. We're jumping forward a good a amount little of time. Bit. Yeah, a little bit. Because more. Sarah dies right as Isaac is uh, still young, is still a baby. Yeah, is that? But yeah. Okay. So, so like, okay. big jump. Yeah. Big jump. We took, a, we took a good interlude. Yeah. Uh, and like, I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. And now Abraham's like, it's time to find him a wife. Like, I'm getting kind of old. I need to pass on my generation. Right. So he brings in Eliezer, his trusted servant. And he goes, yo, I, I want to quote this directly because it's odd. He goes, place your hand under my thigh. Mm, getting steamy. And uh, swear to me that you'll bring this girl back or whatever. And what does that mean under his thigh? Mm. Well... Funny you ask. <laughs> I guess I have to ask. What's funny about it? Yeah, so weird story number two. Okay. So like normally, let's say like you, you know, you want to swear on something. Mm-hmm. Let's swear on a Bible or, or whatever it you is. Put like, your hand on it. Right. There was no Bible at this time. There was no Torah. There was nothing there. The right. only thing that God had given to Abraham was a circumcision. Wow. That is crazy. That's so, actually pretty fucking crazy. So when he says under his thigh, he really means, Eliezer, put your hand on my cock. Yeah. yeah. No joke. And swear no, yeah. to, swear on, on my dick that you're going to bring this girl back. I mean, that's a pretty big swear. Uh, if I had to think of something, if I had to think of one body part yeah. besides like the heart. Yeah. Probably the dick. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like to make a swear? I mean, that's a holy object right there. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if the rabbis ever said that, but... I mean, I, just, I, I thought I, I mean, might mention it. You know? That's how you elongate the Jewish race. Yeah, I mean, I, at least I didn't learn that in school. Yeah, uh-huh. no one teaches you that in school. <laughs> no, that's, that's what I'm telling you. But Eliezer is totally down for it because he's into that. And he's like... That's a whole other weird story. Weird story in <laughs> 2.5. But um, he's like, yo, got it. What if she doesn't come back with me like when I grab her or not grab her when I like find her and say, yo, come through. And Abraham's like, dude, like, what are you talking about? Of course she's going to come. God says so. And he's just like, duh, like, why do I even ask such a stupid question? And he goes off. However, it is taught that like Eliezer, he has a daughter. Mm-hmm. Eliezer is Abraham's first like disciple, I think. So at this point, he's like Rosh Hashiva of like Abraham shit. So he's like, <laughs> he's like pretty, he's like a big deal. You got a name he has card. a daughter. You got a name card with that? Yeah. Like he's Rosh like, Hashiva, there's all different <laughs> kinds of shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like he's, he's pretty big deal. It's pretty holy at this point. Of course. I mean, there aren't that many holy people as right. Of right now. So he's one of the OGs. For yeah. Sure. And he's like in the back of his mind, he's thinking like, why don't I just marry my daughter then? Like I'm here. Mm-hmm. Like right. she's probably not bad looking. What's up? And Abraham straight up savages him. He goes, you, your daughter's not worthy. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's rough. <laughs> that That's real rough. Yeah. Yeah. It It's a little upsetting for him. Um, but, you know, he, he that was like in the back of his mind. He didn't even think that thought was true when he said it. It was more like a, 
I have a daughter. Not so much of like, we should totally get this like going. Right. It didn't seem like he was super passionate about it. He was just, he wanted to take the easy way out. He was like, I mean, they're both here. Yeah. In a way. Like, but but like, as soon as Aaron says, he's like, I'm going to get this girl for him. Of course. This is my job. My path. Anyway, so he goes down to Haran because Aram's like, yo, no girls in Canaan are fit for my boy. They're all sinners. And well, not yeah, and not right. in the way you think. It's like they're they're like morally still corrupt in a way. Of course. Right. Um so go to Haran, which is where Abraham's family's from, like, go find me a girl out there. And there's like, all right, word. Goes down the Haran. Apparently it takes like three hours, even though it's a seventeen day journey. Don't know how that happens. They were um, really big. Weren't it? Wasn't everybody like huge during that time? So they could just kind of like <laughs> you think he bounded a garage, just like kind of make steps. Well, bro, he had he had to carry all the camels. So he brought ten camels down there and like a bunch of shit. He was so big. Can he just yeah, like, yeah, hold like, the camels arms, like he's right? like cradling a baby? Just be like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so Elias on the way down there in that long journey, the three hours. Yeah. Um, was like, how am I going to find this girl? Amazing, like Aiko, whatever. He's like, I'm going to make a test. I'm not going to say anything to anyone. Only me and God are going to know it. And he goes, I'm going to have to find her. I'll find him a modest girl. And when she comes to the water, like, in essence, I think of it like, yo, when she comes to the water cooler, like, she better offer me a drink and then my camels a drink and be totally cool with it. Yes, the classic story. Yeah. And um, as soon, he hasn't even finished saying the story, like, in his mind, like, this one would find. Rifka walks out of the door right towards the well and so he runs up to her he goes can i have some water she's like absolutely like why wouldn't i give you some water give some water and she goes i see you got camels and he's like yeah and she's like well they look thirsty (laughs) so (laughs) she feeds all the fucking camels and dude there are 10 camels apparently each camel can have like well over a hundred gallons right, in one drink. For, right. Yeah. So like ten camels, hundred gallons each, a lot of water. So she's there for a, a fuck lot, ton of water. A that lot. well better go deep. Yeah. And it actually says when she first like got the bucket full for Eliezer, the water rose to meet her like little jug thing. Oh wow. But then it stopped. Then then yeah. it's like, yo, like you're gonna have to do the camels like by hand so she has to really dig well, in of course there she did it she did it all oh did she do it or not and Elizabeth's like this is the girl she's like whoa yeah here's some stuff and he gives her and this is very important he gives her a half shekel to signify um what jews will give in the future to the beta mikdash they give one shekel or one half shekel each each year he gives her two bracelets to signify two tablets and he gives her 10 or they and they weighed 10 shekels in total signifying 10 commandments wow big big so he just time. foreshadowed like the biggest event you know how it is in the in the history of the torah you know arguably. how it is yes g yeah and so he's like this is the one he goes yo where's your fam like i need to come talk to them and this is i think act three of the parsha where we meet one of my least favorite people in the entire Torah. This oh, we're starting, we're starting big. We meet fucking Lavan. Oh, Lavan! Oh my God, this dude is gonna come up a lot. Like 
later yeah, down the line. Like many for several several moments. Bro, of he, just he's like it, a he's a dickhead. Yeah. He's a dickhead. He fucks around with Eliezer here. He's gonna fuck around with Yaakov later. Like he is, and we that and the, story is crazy bro, with Yaakov. Yeah. I can't wait to like, get to that. One. And dude, like we say his ass sometimes. Like I don't know, I don't know why we do it. Written, well, I, I mean, he's kind of related, but he's but, in the, he's got the blood in the veins. You know. At this point, he's um he's just a dude, no important yet, but he is Rebecca's brother. So I guess he's somewhat important. All right, fine, <clears throat> fine, right. So. Apparently, Lavan, like, even at this time, is, like, mad disrespectful because she walks in with Eliezer and Lavan's like, yo, who this dude? Like, what's up? And he sees she has all this shit on her and he's like, oh, I know what's going on. And immediately rushes around to, like, get everything prepared, to get everything ready. Not because he's, like, cool with it, because he sees that Eliezer has a lot of shit and he's like, I might get some of that. Uh, yeah. so he thought he was like this big wealthy guy who yeah. would like be really giving. Basically, Rashi says he's a big time motivated by greed. Yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. Um, granted, Ramban does disagree, but. Oh, does he? He does. He, Ramban just says he's being straight up like, I'm just, I want the stuff. Like, what's up? Um, but anyway, um, kind of sad boy hours though. Like, as I mentioned before, I mean, he really wanted to marry his own daughter off here, like Eliezer, and now he found the girl and he's like, Oh, that's really why I wanted to stay. But whatever. Mm. Um, what we end up having happen here is they all sit down to eat. Eliezer recounts the whole story. He's like, yo, this dude, Abraham, like, you know him. He sent me down here. Get get the girl. She's going to come marry him. We're good. And the family's like, yeah, like it came from God. Like, what are we going to say about that? And we actually learn here that... Um, all matches come from God. That's where we learned this from. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so all like pairings, marriages, God, God. I mean, you're welcome. Not from me. Oh, then yeah. you're the messenger. Now. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, now, I mean, it truly. Now we know. Moving forward. And the thing is, again, like I want to love on. Like normally, when you want to get married, like you talk to the parents. Eliezer said this whole story, and before his dad could even say anything, Lawan's like, deal. <laughs> Spoke before so his dad. I'm here for it. You're yeah. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Whatever. We should give Lavan, whenever we're talking about love, we just give him like that voice. Yeah. Yeah, all right, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lavan. I'm I'm big time motivated by greed. <laughs> yeah, so um, whatever. They say yes, everything's cool. And uh the next day comes and they're ready to go. And the Parsha mentions that the gifts were given to her brother, Laban, and the mother. No mention of the father. Mm. And they're like, yo, where's he at? Like, why is he not included? Story number three, he's dead as hell. In the day that they met, dead as hell. Why? Why? Because the fam, they expected lots of gifts from Eliezer. Like, Big time wealth and everything. And he just gave them a bunch of fruits. Mm. Don't really know why. I mean, it's probably because they were like pretty rare fruits, but fruits nonetheless. And so dad was pissed. He's like, I'm going to try to kill Eliezer. And so obviously God's like, that's that's not going to fly. Not at all. Of course. So he sent an angel of death and killed him. Um, that's how you do it. Unfortunate. Not at all unwarranted. Uh, um, right. 
<laughs> I imagine the angel of death just sort of shows up, does a little like <laughs> around the neck, and it's just done. Yeah, totally. silent, silent but deadly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, dad dies. Next morning, Lavin and his mom were like, "Yo, like maybe she should wait like ten years, or not ten years, ten months to a year to like better prepare her, with the full intention of in ten months booking it out of there. They didn't want anything to do with this guy anymore." And Elias was like, "I see right through that. No, she's coming right now." And they're like, well, why don't we ask her? So they ask Rebecca, and she's like, yeah, I'm going right now. Like, of course. Like, she like, knows. Like, like, go away, family. Yeah, she knows the deal. Um, and that is to show that it is has to be consensual. Marriage is consensual. Mm. Big time juice. Now, act four now, and this is I think like pretty much the last one. Um, Rebecca sees Yitzchak on the way to the tent. And she's like, yo, who's that guy out there? And she, you know, big modesty, doesn't look at him. Cool. Some people say she fell off her horse or her camel when she saw him. I don't know if that's legit. That sounds a little slapsticky. Yeah. Me. yeah. A little too slapsticky for the Torah. I agree. Um, but anyway, it does say uh, she shows up. She sits in Sarah's tent. All the miracles of Sarah's tent come back, like the fresh bread for the whole week. The idea that... When she lit candles on Friday night, they say lit until the next Friday and right. a cloud mm-hmm. is over her tent. So Yitzhak's mm-hmm. like, yo, like this girl's actually cool. And he marries her. At this point, our home is 125. Um, he actually does remarry. He remarries a girl named Ketura, whose real name is Hagar. So he remarries Ooh, her wow. <laughs> and he has like a lot more kids with her. But all those kids are just like, they're, they're mentioned, and then they're like, all right, whatever. Like, Why? Thrown away. Why is that? Because, bro, like, even at 175, like, dude had to, like, get it in every so often. Yeah, but I, I feel, that's, like, crazy to me. I feel like I never <laughs> hear about them. Yeah, well, apparently Hagar and uh, Yishmael was big time repent after Abraham uh-huh. kicked them away. So she's actually, I like, she's cool now. Um, So is Yishmael. Abraham dies at 175, and Yitzchak and Yishmael bury him together. Right. And actually, Yishmael defers to Yitzchak, even though Yishmael is older, wow. which is like a sign of, yeah. yo, like, I'm I'm a good guy now. Like, you take the lead on this. Well, I mean, one of them is going to be one of the forefathers and the other one's well, not. Well, I mean, Yishmael is a big time forefather for the Muslims. All right, but I mean, you know what I mean. This you is the entire time. Yeah, that's a good, you know point, good point. Good point. Good point. Good point. You gotta let the stars be the star, the, yeah. the main characters of the story. You know what I'm well, saying? it's it's a yeah, I agree, and it's a great juxtaposition juxtaposition. Yitzchak and Yishmael and Yaakov and Esav, which we'll right. see because Esav actually butts in the front. Right. Of, you right. know, you know how it is. You know how it is. Um, but that is that actually is the entire part show. Okay. So a lot happens, and next week, I don't know next part show. I will eventually. But um, other than that, like, that was a lot to cover. That was a lot to cover. What do you think, if I may ask, what do you think is, like, one of the big takeaways from this Parsha, you think? For this, for, like, for our podcast listeners, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like, first of all, everyone, I mean, hopefully we'll release these earlier in the future. Yeah. But everyone should read the Parsha. Everyone should read it. Like, open up your, you know, uh, brush off the dust on your chumash, open it up, read it through. And so, assuming that you guys are going to read it, or some people, you might want to read it before maybe, you listen. Maybe. maybe. You might but, get more out of it. Yeah. Before, 
<laughs> but for the listeners here who have maybe are like who have read who who have read the Parsha already or are familiar with the Parsha, what would you say is like a little Devar like takeaway that they should have? I see you're getting from, here. from the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got to conclude with something with something stark, you know. So I think, and then we're gonna throw it to our our boy Grossman. What is a hero? Oh. What's a hero? And um, if you end up actually reading this Parsha, you'll see Eliezer's name is never mentioned in the entire Parsha. Even really? though, yeah, even though he's big time important, he is never mentioned. He's only ever mentioned by the name of like the servant or Avraham's servant. That's it. So why is that? Well, he's a humble guy. Humble guy. In addition, he has one job. His job is the servant. Get Rivka, mm-hmm. bring her back, increase the Jewish line in this way, and that's it. And he had to put away his own beliefs, you know, the whole I want to marry my daughter. Had to put it away. Focus on what God wanted, what Abraham wanted, and he did that to the best of his ability. And I think he did a pretty good job. So would you say like Eliezer is like MVP? He is MVP definitely of this MVP of the story. For sure. MVP of this Parsha. He did it. I mean, he did it. And apparently Rivka's mad nice too. Oh, side note. Some people say Rivka's like three years old. I th- I have heard commentaries about that. Yeah. How are we supposed to reconcile that? I couldn't tell you. That's okay. why That's well. why I maybe thought of three years, but... I mean, she was talking, and she obviously was, like, mad strong then. Because she clearly had the ability to feel all those candles, and she had the independence to, yeah. like... Say, like, go away from Go fam. away from my... Yeah, yeah. go with Eliezer. So, right? was she three? I don't know. Some people say that, though. Interesting. Well, it's always that there, there's always, you know... <laughs> I don't know how to reconcile it either. I yeah. do know that a lot of people say that, like, age in the Torah isn't always, like... It doesn't always translate to what we think age is in the real world. Like when you're talking about like the ages of different characters, like for example, like Avram was 175, yeah. right? Yeah. That doesn't exist in the real world. Like you like nobody has ever lived up to 175. But that we like, know of. Right. That we, that we know of right, in, right. in this current, in this current time. Right. Right. You, right. you get like 125 maybe, and then you're, you're done. But he obviously was still an incredibly holy person. who still got a lot of stuff done and he still had sex. He was still sexually active. Yeah. He was even at 175. He was banging like, yeah, like seven kids after. So like, I think that, yeah, you have to like, when you see the ages, I think that I don't exactly know what they represent. Maybe maybe there are like commentaries that we can look into, but they're not like indicative of what we think a three-year-old is like in, in 2020, like it's different. You know what I mean? Maybe. I'm not sure, but I, that's what I've heard a lot of the times. Cause you'll hear a lot of like, cause there is like, there's a part of the part that we learned about recently where Sarah is like 127. Right. But she has the beauty of somebody who's 20. But like how how does that work? So like clearly there's like some mystical stuff going on that isn't always the ages as we know them isn't always Agreed. translated. Agreed. That's just for the people who like got freaked out when you said that she was three. Yeah. Like maybe three. Maybe not three. Maybe not three. <laughs> maybe 33. Maybe. I don't know. I wasn't there. But <laughs> we can conclude, though, that MVP Eliezer, Parsha set up real nice for the next one. I just looked at it. It's Toldos. I don't know what it's about. You'll find out next week, though. 
All right, stay tuned. Next week on the Steig Machine, Parshas told us. All right, see ya. Bye-bye.